Blessing is the goal, but faith helps us get there. We continue our review of the book of Moses as we consider how faith relates to the blessing of the whole world on The Bible Brief. Did you know that The Bible Brief is a listener-supported show? Your support helps people in countries around the world hear the life-changing story and message of the Bible. Want to join the effort? Donate today at our link in the show notes. The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. From Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. The worldwide blessing that was lost in the garden through the sin of Adam and Eve will be regained but not instantly. After that first human sin, God launched his plan to bless the world, and that plan for blessing involved Abraham. Abraham followed God's call to the land of Canaan, and in so doing, he was granted the irrevocable Abrahamic covenant, a covenant summarized by the words land, seed, and blessing. The land of Canaan, seed or offspring in abundance, and blessing to the whole world through a particular seed of Abraham. God will bless the world again after all, and we learn that the vehicle of this ultimate blessing will be through the future seed of Abraham. This account from Genesis 12, introducing the Abrahamic covenant, effectively kicks off the narrative of the life of Abraham, an account that includes detailed events starting in the end of Genesis 11 all the way through Genesis 25 one of the longer biographical accounts in the Bible. A biography that's striking for a particular reason. Because at some point in the bio, all of the promises of God appear unattainable and unattained. Further, by the end of the narrative, only the smallest glimpse of fulfillment can be seen. At the end of his life, Abraham owns a grave in the land of Canaan, but not the whole land. He has one son through his wife Sarah, yet hardly seed in abundance. And blessing to the whole world is a largely unattained future. The land, seed, and blessing of the Abrahamic covenant are unrealized. They have not been given by the end of Abraham's life. Yet in the midst of this, we see something remarkable. We see faith. The next major theme in the book of Moses. As we explored, the goal of the Bible is blessing. But now we answer a critical question. How is the goal of blessing related to faith? What does faith have to do with blessing? And here's the answer. Faith is the means by which blessing is received. Again, faith is the means by which blessing is received. Let's explore this relationship further, and we're going to do that by contrasting the life of Abraham with the life of Moses. The book of Moses can be seen as focusing on these two important biographies the biography of Abraham, and the biography of Moses. And by the means of comparing and contrasting the biographies of these two individuals, we can see something important about faith that pops out of the text. Abraham's life is characterized by faith. Faith that meant leaving Ur for a new land that God would show him. Faith that meant waiting for a son. Faith that meant believing 
despite no appearance of promised fulfillment. Abraham wasn't perfect, but when challenges arose, Abraham's response was almost universally faith. For example, we saw this after the event with Melchizedek. Abraham had returned from his victory over the invading kings, and he finds himself conversing with God. Not about the battles won, but about the certainty of God's promises. Despite the promise of seed in abundance, Abraham at that point still had no children and no assurance that they would indeed be born. And he poses this question to God. O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless. And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and number the stars if you are able to number them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. And Abraham believed the Lord, and the Lord counted it to him as righteousness. Notice here the faith of Abraham and God's response to his faith. God shows Abraham the stars and makes another promise saying that the stars are as innumerable as the offspring of Abraham will be. And instead of reacting in disbelief, Abraham believes God. Abraham trusts in God and in his promises. In return, God grants Abraham righteousness that only he can provide. But this isn't the end of the story. Later, once God has provided Abraham with the promised son Isaac, and Abraham has begun to see the promises of God being fulfilled. God tests Abraham. He commands Abraham to sacrifice Isaac upon a mountain in Moriah. The promised son is to be killed by the command of God. And three days later, we saw Abraham's willingness to sacrifice Isaac, despite God not ultimately having him go through with it. Abraham's faith in God's promises wasn't phased, even if it would mean God would have to resurrect his son. The quality that characterized Abraham is this. Abraham was a man of faith. Now Moses, in contrast, has his time leading Israel end in a sort of lapse of faith. Not that he disavowed Yahweh and turned away. No, what he had was a lapse of faith, shown by his failure to live according to the law that God had given the nation starting on Mount Sinai. Remember, Moses had led the people out of Egypt through the Red Sea, through the wilderness, and all the way to the edge of the land of Canaan at Kadesh. And he had been faithful to God for all that time, a man of humility and courage. Yet at Kadesh, he didn't demonstrate the holiness of God to the people of Israel. The people were complaining about lack of water, and God instructed Moses to speak to a rock so that it would provide water for the people. However, Moses angrily berates the people for their rebellion and then strikes the rock twice before water flows from it. Moses disobeys God, and his disobedience is identified as rising from unbelief. Moses had had a lapse of faith, and that's what caused his disobedience. It says this in Numbers 20, verse 12, as Yahweh speaks to Moses and Aaron. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not believe in me to uphold me as holy in the eyes of the people of Israel. Therefore, you shall not bring this assembly into the land that I have given them. Despite the general faithfulness of Moses throughout his life to that point, 
at that moment at Meribah, he had a lapse. A lapse of faith that showed itself, and not only disobeying God's command in that moment, but disobeying laws for priests who were to demonstrate God's holiness before the people. It's these critical moments in the lives of Abraham and Moses that show us something that we mustn't miss in the message of the book of Moses. Abraham has faith, and it's counted to him as righteousness. Moses has a lapse of faith and dies outside of the land of Canaan. Two of the greatest men in the Bible, who the Bible holds up as examples, have this major contrast in their life. And this contrast leads to a most important observation about faith, obedience, and the law that God gave the nation of Israel. Faith and obedience are so hand-in-hand that faith produces obedience to God, even when that obedience is not to an explicit set of external rules. Think about it this way. God gave the nation of Israel all these laws starting at Mount Sinai. He gave them the Sinai Covenant, that said, Obey the laws and you'll be blessed in the land, but disobey these laws and you'll be cursed outside the land. Moses lived under those laws and was not allowed to enter the land because he disobeyed them and disobeyed God in his lapse of faith. Yet listen to what the Bible says about Abraham in Genesis 26 verse 5. God says this about Abraham. He says, Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. Now, this statement may not be striking to you at first glance, but here's what you should know. This phrase saying Abraham obeyed my commandments, my statutes, and my laws is elsewhere only used to refer to the law that God gave the nation of Israel over 400 years later. God says that Abraham obeyed laws that hadn't even been given yet. This is so striking because it tells us something about faith and the obedience that faith produces. The obedience of faith is an obedience from the inside out. It's a confidence in the promises of God that manifests in obedience, even to the extent of sacrificing His only Son. Faith produces an obedience that no amount of mere effort could produce. One could never try to follow the laws of the Sinai Covenant because they aren't actually able to be followed. Remember, humans have corrupt and sinful hearts, inclined to do evil. No, faith produces an obedience that's an obedience from the heart, an obedience from a circumcised heart, obedience that only God can produce in a person. And that is the significance of faith. Faith is the channel through which God works in the life of a person. Through faith, God grants righteousness and produces obedience. Through faith, the law is upheld that brings blessing in the land. That's what happened to Abraham before the law was given to Israel. That's what Moses missed after the law was given to Israel. Faith produces the obedience required to enjoy the blessing of God. The blessing of the garden is available to all those who obey by faith, who obey by the power of God. Faith, then, must be connected to blessing, because faith is the channel through which blessing can flow. But we're left with one more theme from the book of Moses that's critical to explore. If blessing is the goal of the book, if faith is the means of receiving the blessing, 
then how is the blessing achieved? How can blessing begin to truly flow into the lives of the faithful? How can the blessing of the whole world finally be achieved? Well, for pure, unadulterated, nothing but blessing, lots of things need to happen. Evil needs to be vanquished. Sin needs to be dealt with. Corruption needs to be rooted out. All that's bad needs to be put away so that only goodness reigns. And for that, well, we need a champion. We need a warrior. We need a king. Join us next time as we see the theme of the conquering king build through the book of Moses, as expectation expands for the seed of old to come into the world. The Bible Brief is brought to you by the Bible Literacy Foundation, dedicated to helping people like you learn the Bible. Copyright Bible Literacy Foundation 2023